What's up, everybody? Terminal Transmissions here. We got another episode for you. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. We just had the last episode of the season of season six of Game of Thrones. Oh, it was a finale. Yeah, it was the best finale they've ever had, hands down. Yeah, they've definitely had a history of going out with like a bang in the second to last episode right, and then right. kind of just like snoozing through the final episode. <laughs> it's true. It, it's weird that it's happened more than zero times. Yeah. But it's happened like almost every season, yeah, I'd it's, say. It's, it's really weird because it's become so prevalent in their show that everyone just kind of expected it, especially after Battle of the Bastards was so incredible. But everyone I talked to was like, episode 10 is just going to be like setting up the next one, right? It's not going to be anything crazy. And while it wasn't anything crazy action wise, really, it was absolutely insane. Yeah, it fucked us up. So spoiler alert, we're going to get into it. I do want to say, I think it's funny that the name of the episode was Winds of Winter. Right. Because it was that like them doing a bit. I, I, I thought maybe it was. I mean... Like, okay, we, this is it. We are now officially ahead of the books and you're slow. So we're going to release an episode that's like the best episode and call it the name of the book that you haven't released yet. Right. Yeah. It definitely could be. Hopefully not. because <laughs> It would be pretty funny if it was, though. Yeah. So... Let's fucking dip into it. Yeah, let's do it non-chronologically. Non-chronically? You're right. No chronic to be had. Uh, so... Yeah, so just like we did last time, let's just do each one, like each person's like... Entire story. Yeah, yeah. All right. Because well, it did jump around a lot. Well, well, in some regards. Let's get into it. Let's yeah, start so with... Uh, Cersei? Yeah. Yeah, so Cersei went way beyond anything that I would have ever expected. Of well, let's her. just start by saying the opening scene was just incredible. Yeah. The whole build up with like the music, the music was yeah. perfect and they weren't like giving you a lot. It was just like drama, but mm-hmm. with like very little speaking... Right. And just set up. Yeah. And honestly, let's touch on that a little bit more. All of the music for this entire episode was insane. Yeah. It's actually been like blowing up online. Yeah. So like, I, I listened to it at work today. I found it on YouTube. Yeah. And it was sent to me on YouTube. And I just listened to the entire thing twice. Yeah. Like all the it, way it's through. On, and then It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify already. Is it really? But yeah. People have been posting it on, on Facebook all day today. Wow. Like I saw it posted by probably like five or six different people. Yeah. It, like And different tracks too. Not even. But they were all yeah. from this episode. Yeah. And it just incredible music, incredible cinematography for both of the last two episodes. And I'm just kind of upset that that same director isn't going to be doing every single episode from here on out because both of these episodes were unbelievable. I mean, really like getting down into it. We talked about it last week, but it felt like watching a movie. Yeah. It didn't didn't feel like a television show. It felt like a movie, not a made-for-TV movie. It felt like a fucking movie. Yeah, it was definitely set apart from the rest of the series. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, so with that being said, it shows Cersei putting on this outfit that we've never seen before. And it looks like something an empress would wear, first and foremost. And secondly, it almost looks like armor. It looked ominous. It it was like black and silver, which we, we, you know, traditionally she wears Lannister colors, red and gold. It kind of felt like she was getting ready to go to her trial. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a prank. Yeah, she definitely wasn't going to do that. She she did go to her trial. She sent a surrogate instead, and that was wildfire. Yeah. There's a lot there, so let's unpack it step by step here. So first and foremost, it's been a huge deal that Jamie only killed King Eris because he was going to blow up the entire city with wildfire. Right. That's a really, really big deal. Jamie didn't want to kill his king, and he only did it because he was a monster and he was doing something irredeemable. And I think that that was highlighted in this episode, and I'm really hoping so, but let's come back to that in a second. So first, Loris, Tyrell, he is brought in, and he just confesses. He's completely broken, and he confesses to all of his sins, and he very publicly admits them and renounces all of his titles, his name, etc. He's like, let me be one of them sparrows. Yeah, and so very graphically, they carve the uh, seven-sided star into his head. Very graphically. It was fucking gross. But it was cool. They did a really good job of it. Then they're like, oh, where, where is Cersei? And the high spirit, like, no one's worried about this except for Marjorie, which I really liked. It was a really nice touch. And finally, she, like, drops her facade. And I, I really like that, that Marjorie just dropped Yeah, it. she's like, hey, fuck you, you idiot. Yeah, like, and I loved it also that it highlighted that in the end, the Sparrow is just as fucking arrogant. And, and, you know, like, I liked that, that he was constantly ultra pious to the point that, you know, he's like calling out people for all of their sins. And in that very last minute, he could just order them to be able to flee. And his his sparrows are holding Marjorie and her family. And he you see it that he's thinking about it. He's thinking about letting them go and ordering them to allow them to flee. And he chooses not to. Because he's so fucking arrogant. Right. Don't forget that before this actually goes down, we see two major important characters get shanked. Yeah, yeah. It it jumped around a lot, and so it's hard to put it all in one place. But yeah, so Maester Pycel. He got told to shut up. Yeah, so Quiburn, he has his little birds, and he has just mobilized them into an army. Yep. And he has them trick Lancel into going down into the crypts underneath. I guess they're underneath the sept right then. And he just sees all of these, I don't know, kegs of wildfire. Right. And he see and he just gets he gets like hamstrung. And so he sees some light at the end of the tunnel. And he starts crawling. Were. And he starts crawling forward. And he sees wildfire spilled out onto the floor. And he sees candles, which who who lit those candles? That seemed like the worst job in the world. Yeah. It was some kid who was just like an expendable.com. <laughs> yeah. But they somehow managed to, to not blow themselves up. But yeah, so they have these like ticking time bomb candles melting away into wildfire. And then it goes kaboom. Yeah, I believe they're called trick candles. <laughs> and it, it blew up the entire sept, including the High Sparrow, most if not all of the Faith Militant, as well as Loris, Marjorie, and their dad. Yeah. Who's the Lord of Highgarden? Not anymore. Not yeah. what they were saying. <laughs> yeah. And so before this had happened, just before this had happened, Tommen tries to go to the the trial and the mountain shows up, the zombie mountain, and won't let him go. And so obviously, you know, he knows something's going on. So he knows his mom did it when he sees the fucking sep blow up. Right. He knows his mom did it. And he just decides to take a dive. Yep. So he takes his crown off and he just leaps out the window. Which was a really cool shot. I really liked yeah, it. It was really, it was really well crafted. It was definitely like, honestly, like emotional. Oh yeah. Even though like you kind of haven't really ever been like had cause to root for Tommen. Right. You were still just kind of like, whoa. 
Yeah. And so he he decided to uh, to take a dive. So he was the only one of their kids that didn't get poisoned. <laughs> yeah. So. Or maybe he did. He kind of got mentally poisoned by yeah, real. a high sparrow. I, I, I honestly, I did. I, I felt worse for him than all of the other ones. Yeah. Like he did actually have the best intentions and Cersei in multiple ways led directly to his death. I mean, he chose to do it. Right. But she put all of that into motion. There wouldn't have been a high sparrow without Cersei. There would not have been a faith militant without Cersei. And then there definitely wouldn't have been fucking wildfire blowing up half (laughs) half of King's Landing. Yeah. So let's just jump. Well, we'll have to jump to one more thing before we can finish that one off. Uh, So it jumps over to River Run and it shows, um, I'm sorry, the twins. It jumps over to the twins and Jamie is there with the Lannister host and Lord Waller Frey is there and he's being a scumbag just like he always is. And it's very, very obvious. Jamie isn't even trying to hide his loathing of Lord Frey. Yeah, he crafts a couple of bits about him. Yeah, and so, and it, it particularly, and I, I feel like this is what's more so setting up his heel face turn, is that Walder Frey starts actually comparing them to one another. He starts saying that they're both Kingslayers and that they're both one and the same, etc., etc. And you can see that Jamie does not like this whatsoever, and he is not happy about it. So... With that said, it jumps, let's jump around a lot because this is like the last thing that happens in the episode. But Jamie gets back to King's Landing and he sees the sept in ruins and he sees that it was blown up, etc. And so he makes his way into the throne room and he watches as his sister gets crowned queen, first of her name. And he just looks at her and that look is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah. it says it all. You can tell. Yeah, so he he's, knows. He's he knows exactly. So. Yeah, he knows exactly what happened. And I and I feel like again, we've talked about this several times, but I was so bummed out that it looked like they weren't going to do Jamie's heel face turn. And I'm so glad because it looks like they are now. Yeah. And that that was that's going to be the impetus for it. That that's right. finally him going. Oh man, my sister is actually a monster, and I just never really saw it because I was looking through rose colored glasses. But she is a monster irredeemably, yeah. and I want nothing to do with her. So that's kind of that storyline, and I'll, I'll come back to that later because there's there's a lot going on there. What else happens? Cold Hands, Benjen, Uncle Benjen, brings Bran and Mira to a weirwood tree, and he's, he basically says that they're really near the wall, and so he can't go forward. And so this is an important point in that he reveals that there are spells woven into the actual bricks of the wall. And which, they, which in the books you've known about for like seven hundred million. Yeah, years. yeah. This, this is this is already a thing, and uh, we had talked about it before. So yeah, this is already a thing in the books that's already been revealed. But, but they finally referenced it in the show that the wall is actually magic. Yeah, and that the White Walkers can't pass it. Right, and so Benjen can't pass it either because he's dead. Right, and so even though he's like a good guy dead, it doesn't matter. And so then Bran, which this leads, and I know that some people are talking about this online. And I read about it that. They're thinking that maybe now that Bran is marked, once he once he goes to the other side of the wall, right, it's going to jam that up. Yeah, that it's actually going to allow the the White Walkers to cross it, which would maybe make sense plot wise. To me, it doesn't really make a hell of a lot of sense in universe, but I could I could see completely why they would go that route in the right. show, because otherwise they could just be like, yeah, we'll just hang out. Y'all aren't going to destroy the fucking wall. 
you know, so whatever. So yeah, the important part here is that Bran touches the weirwood tree and he goes a teleporting through time and he goes back to the Tower of Joy and right at the point where the Ultra Raven pulled him out. Yeah, and he finally gets to see his father get up to the top and they hear Lyanna screaming and they get to the top of Tower Tower of Joy and sure enough, we got it. They yeah, did it. Yeah, it's finally revealed that what basically everyone knew was going to happen. It's just kind of obvious in the books, especially that that's what happened. It just makes sense. But yeah, so Liana didn't die because she was stabbed or anything, but that she's dying in childbirth and she has a little baby boy, which apparently had a different name and she, she whispers like his name is, but then you can't hear anything. But, uh, that's, I swear to God, it's just going to be like, his name is Rhaegar yeah. Jr. Yeah. So that's Jon Snow. So here's another, another thing. Rhaegar was already married, but Targaryens can get married multiple times. Right. So it might've just been, his name is John Targaryen. Right, right. Well, then that, that's the point that I'm making is it he could just be a bastard. Like, that's totally real. Although he wouldn't be Jon Snow, he'd be Jon Sand. He's there in Dorne. But that's not the important part. The important part is that if he if he was legitimized, if they were married by... And he Rhaegar could have just ordered it. You know, right. he could have just been like, hey, Septon, marry this woman and me, and we're married now. Done. Cool. That would make him John Targaryen, and he would actually be in line. Like, his line of succession would be stronger than Daenerys's. Right. Because he would be the heir's son, the heir's heir, versus uh, the heir's sister, or his aunt. Yeah. So, that's already been established in the line of succession and everything. So, anyway... So that's really cool, and we finally got that, and it was really, really neat to see that. And then Lady Olena is is in Dorne at Sunspear, and she's meeting with the Sand Snakes. And she's being crafty as always and hilarious, and I love her, and she's one of my favorite characters in the show. And she's totally dressing down the Sand Snakes. And like it's like the first time in the show that you've actually seen them like at kind of a loss. But then it's revealed that she just wants revenge. And she doesn't care about anything else. She just wants revenge against Cersei, effectively. Yep. She's like, oh, you killed... Cersei killed my whole family. Yep. Mad about it. Yep. So... (laughs) Mad about you. So out steps Varys. And Varys is like, hey, here we go. So they're all... Which you you called them teaming up, but I totally called Varys going to Dorne. Yeah. And it's funny because I read online that... and, And it's weird, like... Multiple people that actually like do reviews and stuff of Game of Thrones were all like freaking out about like, oh, Varys, Varys is the Flash and like, oh, he teleported. And it's like, it's very obviously supposed to be like weeks or months later, by the way. Right. This isn't like, it's been 15 minutes. You did like, the, uh, this is the first time this has bothered you in this show. Right. Like that's, it's like you didn't think anything of Jamie like fucking teleporting from the fucking twins to King's Landing. But like, Oh, Varys, let's jump around a little bit, but they're like, Varys was it was in Marine, and then he's suddenly in Dorne, and then at the very end, we see him on the ship again, and he's back in Marine. Why wouldn't he have just stayed there? Well, obviously, they fucking just sent ships over there. Why wouldn't he just ride with them? Yeah. What the fuck does he have to do in Dorne? I like got steamed up about it. I was like, these people are fucking idiots. Anyway, fucking idiots. But yeah, so that's really cool. And, and I kind of expected that because I, I knew that they couldn't just throw away the entire Dorn arc. Right. You know, like, why? What sense would that make? So anyway, so that's pretty cool. So that's terrifying. <laughs> so now at least Highgarden, possibly the entire Reach 
is now allied with with Daenerys, which is absolutely terrifying for anyone opposed to Daenerys. But we'll get back to that in a minute. So Littlefinger goes up to Sansa, the the weirwood tree in Winterfell, and he reveals his he's, master plan. He's just being a creep show. Yeah. And he reveals his master plan that, that a lot of people had suspected for a very long time that he wants to be king. Right. And that's that's his whole deal. And and obviously when he's talking to Sansa, that's like what he says first. He doesn't even say like I want to be with you and I want the Iron Throne. He's like, I want the Iron Throne. Oh, yeah. And also you. I want you there, too. That would be cool if you were there, I guess. But I see really, this vision of me on the Iron Throne and you next to me. Now let's kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And Sansa was like, oh, maybe not. Of them. Maybe not. And so this was really mega cool because then there was one of my favorite scenes ever in Game of Thrones in that. They go in. We're jumping around a lot here. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't so. give a fuck about you. Who's, who's listening to this that's going to be like, bah, that wasn't in that order. <laughs> so I'm not listening to your podcast anymore. So they go in and they're they're kind of broing down. And Bronze Jan Royce, fucking Lord of, uh, of Runestone, is trying to fucking catch a toad. And it's to be like, oh, like these fucking wildlings, etc. I'm a fucking dickhead. Bronze on Royce got stared down by Littlefinger and Robin, and now he's like trying to get up in the face of Jon Snow. Like, dude, come <laughs> Yeah, on. yeah, real. So, yeah, so then there's like, you know, they're arguing and, and everyone's like, doesn't know what to do. Jon Snow definitely doesn't know what to do, and he's kind of just looking around like a deer in the headlights. And then I felt like MVP of the, the fucking season. Oh, yeah. Liana Mormont, who's like nine years old, Fully just stands up and dresses down everyone in the room, mostly the nor- the northern lords, and calls them out specifically. Calls out, which we've been saying this whole time, where the fuck were the Manderleys? Well, there he is. And he's like... He even gives a reason. It wasn't a strong reason, but right. at least they addressed it. Yeah. And then uh, House Kerwin, which is right there, which I thought was Serwin from the books. Whoops. But anyway, it's... He's scene. only ever read it. It's, all, yeah. Tyrell. it's Tyrell. <laughs> and then, uh And then also the... Um, Glovers are yep. there, and so she dresses down the three of them, specifically them. Oh yeah, you didn't answer the call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she gives an awesome speech, and they they fully admit it, and they then turn around and give like awesome. Well, two of the three of them give like these awesome speeches, and then she fully just calls for Jon Snow to be not only legitimized, she fully calls him a Stark. Yep, and then calls him the King in the North, and then calls him they. Well, she doesn't, but someone else calls him the White Wolf. Yep, which is the fucking coolest name. And then everyone in the room like draws their swords and starts a chant of the king in the north. Right. And so then you pan over and you see Peter Baelish and he does not look. He just looks like somebody just put shit up his nostrils (laughs) and he looks directly at Sansa and Sansa looks directly at him and sees him stewing in it over there. She doesn't even give a piss. Right. And so I hope that she lets John know this time like. Hey, Littlefinger did just tell me that he wants the Iron Throne and you just declared, well, you didn't, but your people just declared you king. That's going to be a problem. He's the main bad guy now. You need to be worrying about him way more than you need to be worrying about anyone else. So we kind of did get jammed up in our jumping around in that before that Davos comes in and tells John what Melisandre did. Yeah. Which was another one of the best scenes in the series. Yeah. Like Davos coming in and like giving this like emotional explanation of what happened and like, like crying. He was like fully crying. Oh yeah. He was like like, yelling and like sobbing at the same time. It was real. And like Melisandre's trying to be like, no, but like with the soup and the shoes and the fridge and the lunch, she's just like trying to, she's just saying words. Yeah. She's like, but like like my, my God commanded it. And he fully, he's like, he addresses it. He's like, if, if it's a God that, that's going to murder like little children, then like they're evil. 
That's where, where have I heard that before? Something about a god that kills kids. I don't know. Anyway, um, but yeah, that scene was intense. So, and then John straight up like kicks her out. Yeah, yeah. And da- Davos has been one of my favorite characters since he joined the show. He's absolutely incredible. I love him in the books as well. I've said this before yeah. on this podcast, but that scene. If he wasn't already one of my favorites, he's in my top three for sure. Probably my number one. That would have catapulted him there. Right. And that, I mean, uh, that actor, uh, I think his name is Liam Cunningham. Mm-hmm. I've like never seen him in anything else ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know that he's been in a ton of stuff, but I did. if I have seen him in anything, I didn't right. retain any of it. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't look familiar to me at all, but I'm not good with that stuff anyway. But, but yeah, so it's incredible. And Peter Baelish is definitely the main bad guy now. Oh, yeah. But we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. But Arya then shows up at the twins. And I straight up called that. Yeah, yeah, you did. So, yeah, so Lord Walter Frey is sitting there, like, in, like, his, like, dark, dank hall Yeah, the, by par- himself. The, the party's over, and he's just, like, sitting there by himself, just still eating. Yeah. And this serving woman that had been in there earlier that kind of was, like, like eye-flirting with, uh, with Jamie, and Bronn got butt-mad about it. But she had been like kind of giving some glances over at Jamie's way, and Jamie's like, "Oh, not for me." And Bronn totally called him out on. It. It was like, "Oh, not blonde enough for you." Oof. Yeah. So she's back, and Lord Walter Frey's like, "Like, are you one of mine? Like, who are you?" And then she fully just pulls her. Oh, oh. Then she, uh, she, he's like, "Where are my sons?" And she's like, "They're right here, oh, my lord." You're eating them. Yeah, yeah. And so it's awesome because this is, this is like a tie-in from the book. That is a really cool part that I thought they were going to leave out. And I'm like, it's a different thing. It doesn't happen to him specifically, but it happens to another. And it's Lord Manderley that does it. But anyway, it was awesome that they included it. Yeah. So he'd just been munching down on his sons, which I feel like you would probably notice if you're like biting into like thumbs. But, he, but he's shit. also just like a piece of crap. So yeah. he probably was just like, ah, food. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So Arya pulls her false face off and it reveals that she can do that, which we, that was like a question that I had, like, is she going to know how to, how to do the faceless man trick? Because it never showed her learning that it just showed her getting her ass beat a whole bunch. Well, the poisons. fact that the fact that she's there mm-hmm. is she is Varist, right? We right, have right. no idea how much time passed. Right. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. So yeah. So yeah, she, she pulls her face off and it's Arya and she reveals that her name is Arya Stark. And she like gives like a little, little tiny little monologue, like, my face is going to be the last face that you see before you die. And then she totally slits that dude's throat and I fucking loved it. And I want to see more of that. I want her to, I want her to kill Cersei. Uh, yeah. I, I really think it would make, it would be best if, if they allow her to kill everyone on her list. Yeah. Which would be really cool. Okay. And then Sam Tarly did get to go to old town, which again, doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. Cause that's the first place that his dad's going to send troops to try to try to get his sword back, which I'm like, is he thinking that like the maesters are going to protect him or does he think that like the high towers are going to protect him? I'm not really sure. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Old town looked fucking incredible. And yeah, this, uh, this whole season, particularly the last like two episodes or three episodes was just like scenery porn. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. And showing, showing like all of the white Ravens flying was super cool. But yeah, just, just seeing the high tower and it's, it's just like beautiful and enormous and it looked exactly like you would think the high tower is supposed to look. Right. Loved it. And then on top of that, Sam goes in and talks to like some douchebag fucking like Maester. And then that guy lets him go into the uh, the library. And it's just like <laughs> this insane fucking Narnia library that's like just like story after story after story 
of library. Right. They, the camera just like kept panning out more and more, yeah, and, and, more and more and more and yeah, more and you're like, how many books do they have? That's at, like, least, this, at least three. It's like the fucking Great Library at Alexandria, but it was fucking dope. Okay, and then Tyrion had an amazing discussion with Daenerys. Daenerys had to uh, break break everything off with Dario, which makes sense. And I, I mean, there there have been rulers that have had paramours and what have you, but definitely Dario, I think, wanted a little bit more than that. And it does kind of make her look bad. So yeah, and then she has this awesome talk with Tyrion, and then names him Hand Hand of King, yeah, Hand Hand of the Queen. And it was a mosh. Oh yeah, it was awesome. And uh, I was I was. Uh, I mean, all, all, honestly, basically every scene in this episode was awesome. Yep. Uh, like, there was not a single scene that I was like, ah, okay. Every one of them was dope. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. So, I wanted I wanted to get into some, some projections. So, at this point, just real quick and finishing this up for next season. So, at this point, we only have, what, 13 episodes left? So Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it can't really set much more up. So, here's what we have. So, at this point, Daenerys has an enormous army. Uh, she probably has the Reach. She has Dorne. She has at least a solid chunk of the Iron Islands. Mm-hmm. And then a whole mess of Dothraki and three dragons. Okay, that's one side of the equation. And then it looks like Jon is going to have what remains of the North, which isn't a hell of a lot. It looks like the veil is behind him, so he will have the veil, which is dope. And then probably Arya was going to let Edmure out, so he's probably going to have the Riverlands. The only real place left after that is the Westerlands, and so I see it going one of two ways. I see either they just leave it to Cersei so that she has something, so that she's somewhat of a player, but I don't want that to happen. What I want to happen is for Jamie to do his heel face turn, but go, okay, well, I'm the Lord of Casterly Rock now, and I'm going to go meet back up with Brienne, and then now I'm the Warden of, of the West, and I have all of the Western Lords, and I'm going to throw in behind John. Yeah, that makes the most sense. That makes the most sense to me. I The only reason that I would see it going the other way is just so that Cersei has something, but I kind of like the idea of her working her ass off and like doing all of these like evil plans to get nothing. Right. Like she gets the throne, but it's a throne of nothing. Like she does she doesn't have the north, she doesn't have Dorne, she doesn't have the reach. So maybe the Stormlands, she might have what is left of the Stormlands. Right. Maybe. I mean they just fought a huge war and like nothing's left of them. But I mean, I feel like the first place that Daenerys is going is Dragonstone. And that's like four feet away from King's Lane. It's in the mouth of like the bay. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So I would love for that to happen. And then we talked about it before, but now I, now it makes more sense to me. Now Jamie's like, okay, I'm going to go like meet back up with Brienne and, and say like, I'm sorry. And I was being an idiot. I now control the West. Right. And I'm throwing the West behind John. The only other things that I don't really know even where to start with are what Euron's going to be doing. Because they're just building like a thousand ships. So there's going to be a second Iron Fleet on the West. Mm -hmm. And then what Littlefinger's going to do. So a lot of... I haven't looked this up because I'm forgetful. Uh But is there one more season or two? Because I've heard so many conflicting reports. You're positive there's two more seasons? That's what I was told. But have you you looked it up yourself? No, No. But I was told that there are two seasons, but they're like half. Right. Well... 
I've heard from a few people that there's only one season left, and it's half. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Look it up. All right, you're going to hear some key, some key strokes. Some Kirsten Dunsts. Shut it. Yeah, that, that would absolutely be insane if there's there really is like six episodes of Game of Thrones left. Okay, so yeah, it is two seasons. Okay. So they're going to be like six episodes each. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. So really one season of content, basically. Yeah, so what I see happening is likely the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. Oh, also Winter is here, by the way. We oh, that yeah, out. yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, the White Ravens signify the, the beginning of winter. The White Walkers will probably happen in the final season. Mm-hmm. So this next season will probably be... The unification of the, Westeros. Right. Right. Um, so Euron will probably be the main villain of the next season. You think so? Uh, it makes the most sense because he has a huge force. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Daenerys is kind of a villain in a way. Right. Because she's coming to just destroy and take over everything. So I think that Euron will probably be the main villain of the next season. Okay. Especially now that we have... We know that he's interested in Danny, and we have Yara and Theon with her. Right. So that'll be a conflict. Mm-hmm. And then we'll probably have a conflict between Jamie and Cersei. Right. Uh, and they'll probably f- like iron all that out over the next season. Okay. Yeah, that and makes then sense. The final season will be whatever's left from that dealing with the White Walkers. Yeah. And so, how, how I foresee it going, and I know we talked about it a little bit last time, but like probably what'll happen is that they each have basically kind of an equal force, you know, right. Her having the reach Dorn, some ironborn and, uh, and then him ha- and, and then, you know, all of her barbarians and what have you. And then him having the North, the West, the East and the Riverlands. And that's kind of sort of equal. And, uh, and then they'll probably be like at each other's throats and then Bran will finally show up and then be like, Hey, hold on. That's, that's your aunt. And then they'll probably be like, Oh, well let's combine forces and fight the, and then the fight White the Walkers. white walkers. That's that's what I, that's what I foresee. Cause they're going to have to do something huge with the white walkers. Right. So Euron will probably be the main source of conflict for Danny mm-hmm. next season. But what will be the source of conflict for John next season? If, oh, probably Baelish. Okay. But I, I I would see that as more like a subtle thing. I don't think that Baelish is just going to be like, all right, Lords of the Vale, fight the North. Right, right. I, I think that he would be a little trickier so next, than that. So next season we'll probably have Danny versus Euron, Cersei versus Jaime, and John versus Peter. Yeah. And then whatever comes of that at the end of the season, whatever's left yeah. will have to band together to fight winter essentially yeah and it would be really cool to see daenerys riding drogon john riding the dragon that's named after his dad and then hopefully cross my fingers for Tyrion Tyrion. to get viserion oh man which a lannister riding a gold dragon would be fucking dope (laughs) can you just picture all three of them like being cousins and riding on a fucking dragon crew just melting everybody yep that's what i need i feel like jamie's gonna get killed and then Tyrion's gonna get made lord of land uh casterly rock that would be the best ending. I, I, I foresee that happening. And I, I see that Jamie might... I could actually see it that Jamie actually like refuses to be Lord of Casterly Rock because he did swear the oath. Right. And so he might kind of do more of what is in the book where he's still Kingsguard, but he like starts taking his vows and oaths very incredibly seriously. So it might he might do that. He might like not take over the West, like I was just predicting. And I could see it definitely him going the other way and just him more going like the penitent route and then going like, I'm not going to do it. And then, then Tyrion swoops in. But I I feel like Tyrion is going to have to end up the Lord of Casterly Rock. Yeah. 
as much as I would like to see Arya kill Cersei, I can mm-hmm. also see a very emotional scene with Jamie being forced to kill his sister the same way that he was forced to kill his king. Yeah. Yeah. Because she just has lost all reason. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense too. Like a very, very like close emotional scene of him like stabbing her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And would be probably actually more powerful than Arya doing it, especially if they're going to give Arya like all these other major characters to kill. Right. Yeah. 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 Because, like, is she already, you know what I mean? She's already, right. like, taken out Walter Frey in, like, one of the most wild scenes ever. Right. Now that you mention it, I, I think that that will happen. That Jamie will do it. And honestly, that might just lead to him maybe not dying, but maybe not wanting to take right. it. Like, maybe right. just wanting to, like, diminish. Right. True. Like, just being emotionally broken after yeah. all the shit that's gone down. His whole family being dead, except for Tyrion. Right, yeah. He doesn't even really, like... I mean, he's okay with it more than anyone right. else, but... But yeah, to me, it would make sense just because he's such a huge character and he's such a fan favorite and he's always kind of been pushed to the, to the forefront as the underdog, the super underdog that it would make total sense for him to get Casterly Rock and a dragon and be Hand of the King. Right. So then Danny, John and Tyrion rule yeah. everything, yeah. each with their own dragon, each in their own region. Yeah. And that would be dope. That's a cool, that's a cool ending. Yeah. So that's, I, I definitely you know, could see it going multiple different ways, but there are some things that I, I definitely think are going to happen. Right. So we did that thing again where we spent half the episode talking yep. about Game of Thrones. Yep. 30, 37 minutes, <laughs> but it was a long episode. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. So, all right, so let's get balls deep in preaching. <laughs> Can you say that? <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I mean, I don't give a fuck. Uh, so, uh, episode four yeah. of preacher, the South will rise again, which coincidentally the South will rise again in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was an awesome episode. Another one. Yeah. They totally jammed us up. So we started off with the cowboy again, another flashback. So cool to, to Ratwater. Uh, he is arriving in Ratwater to get this medicine for his daughter. Um, and he goes and like the apothecary is like, Ooh, I was going to take it like a day. So you might as well just go to the bar and get swerved. Yeah. So he goes to the bar and there's just like all levels of debauchery going on. Uh, and the bartender's like, ooh, so do you want like a sleeping room or like a horror room? And he's like, sleeping room. And he's like, ooh, we only got horror rooms. <laughs> we yeah. only got horror rooms. Or uh, you can get, there's a free chair that you can get with a $5 bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Um, Such a crazy, crazy thing. Yeah, he yeah. even says it the other way. He's like a $5 chair and it comes with a bottle of whiskey. Right, 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 right. It's so weird. Yeah. It's a solid bit though. Yeah, yeah, good bit. Uh, he takes the chair. Yeah, he takes the chair. He's hanging out. There's, again, just everyone in there is shitty. Everyone in the whole building is just like a scum of the earth. Yeah. There's some like preacher in there just telling like horrible jokes. <laughs> and then he sees like, I won't get too far into it, but some like graphically uncool shit going down in like the back room. <laughs> yeah. And he's obviously like not okay with it, but he's like focused on just getting this medicine and not like mm-hmm. fucking it up so he can save his, his fam. Right. So the next day. He's trying to get the medicine and he gets it and he's like, all right, I'm getting out of here. Right. And then as he's leaving, he sees like another, like a kid, which gives him flashbacks to the terrible stuff that was happening in the bar again without getting too far into how fucked up it was. Uh, And he's like, all right, I got to go back and like save these. I got to save the day. So he rides back into town, runs into the bar. And then the preacher who was telling dirty jokes is there. And he's like, hey, I know you. Yeah. You were a Confederate soldier. And I was a union soldier. Yeah. And I recognize you. And I've never seen another man that enjoyed killing as much as you did. Yeah. So the cowboy just punches that dude in the skull. Yeah. Uh, and he goes back to like save the day of all the bad stuff that was happening. And there's just like a blood puddle. 
And then he just gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, yeah, because it turns out that like the people are, are totally fine. The, this group of people are totally fine, and they were selling scalps, and that's where their the blood was from from their wagon. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he peeked into their wagon, and there was like a pool of blood, and it just turns out it was from their scalps. And apparently, there's just a thriving trade of like Indian scalps going on. Yeah. So that happens, and he goes to try and save the day, and then just gets the shit kicked out of him by like 15 people. Uh, and all he's trying to do is protect the medicine bottle. So then he's leaving. He gets on his horse. And the preacher comes out and that's when he kind of has that moment of like, I know who you are. You're this soldier. Right. Uh, and then he shoots the cowboy's horse in the head. <laughs> so then we see the cowboy like, tr- like walking, yeah, yeah, walking and he gets home and his wife and his daughter are dead. Yeah. He couldn't get back fast enough because his horse was dead and they just died and they're like covered in flies. So building up to a whole storyline there. Oh yeah. Well, and then one more thing, then you see him go and, when it first showed him in the other episode, two episodes ago, it showed him like have guns and stuff, but then he purposefully didn't take them. Oh, right, yeah, right, right, so right. The, at the very end of his, his sequence you in see this him episode, strap his belt, his, his gun belt on. Yeah. And yeah. grab like a rifle. Yeah. So ready to go. Yeah. He's, he's, about, he's locked in. So yeah, we're building up to a storyline there. Obviously we don't want to get too far into yeah. it. Book, book stuff, especially since we have people who listen to this that want to read the books and watch the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then we jump to present day. Jesse and Emily are at a diner and they're just kind of talking about church stuff. And she, again, is just focused on Cass at all times and concerned that he exists. Uh, and there's like some teenagers who are like, hey, who's the best gospel? Like, Jesse, like, tell yeah, us yeah, about yeah. it. We're suddenly mega pumped about like the Bible. Yeah. Basically, and- his plan in to trick the entire town into being <laughs> got, like godly by by, you know, tricking Odin. Totally worked. Yeah. So the whole town is just like, God and the Bible and Jesus off chain. <laughs> um, so yeah, he goes and then he starts just like giving people advice. And by advice, I mean, he's just commanding everyone with his powers. Which is awesome. They're like, ooh, I like have these two pairs of shoes and like I'm a sinner. And he's like, just use the left shoes. And they're like, <laughs> I'm going to use the left shoes. And he's doing it to like everybody. Yeah. Like he's abusing this power wildly. Um, I like, and I like that some of them, he's just not even giving a shit. Like he's just like, Use your best judgment. And right. they're like, I will use my best judgment. And so it's like, we haven't really seen evidence of this again yet. But if you flash back to the first episode where that guy cut his own heart out at Jesse's command, obviously Jesse needs to chill out with just telling people generic ass shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you you really do have to be oddly specific with it. And right. It's like, it's, like, it's like asking for a wish from a gen. <laughs> if you say like, I want to be the strongest person in the world, he's just going to make everyone else weak. Right. So right. just chill. Yeah. You got to watch out. So then we skip to Tulip and Cass post her finding out that Cassidy's a vampire. Yeah. And so she's like just quizzing him straight up. She's like, so like garlic and like sunlight and like silver bullets. And he's just, you know, it's pretty tropey. We've seen this before. He's right. Like, silver bullets. Oh, that's werewolves. Blah, blah, right. blah, blah. But my favorite bit was when she was like, are you scared of crosses? Yeah. And he's like, uh, it's a 2000 year old symbol of like oppression and slavery, but uh, it won't, what does he say? It won't like, burn my face off. Yeah, yeah, it won't burn my face off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like, I like that exchange. I also like that it reveals that he doesn't crave blood. He's not that kind of vampire. Right, right. He drinks blood to heal himself if he's like in dire straits. Yeah. But he doesn't have like a hunger that controls him. Yeah. And he, he was like, I prefer single malt, which is awesome. Yeah. So then they kind of have an exchange, uh, where she's cast is like, you know, we can like do or like thing and like stuff. And she's like, Ooh, I have a boyfriend. And he's like a villain. So blah, 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 blah. And then she, from that transitions to going to the diner to get Jesse and be like, we got to go kill this guy. She tells, she tells Cass about the guy that she found that fucked him over. Uh, So she goes to the diner. And Cass is like, 
He gives like kind of a cool little diatribe there where he's just like, wait, this this dude like fucked you and your boyfriend over this much and then he won't like help you go get revenge. Right, right. Then like maybe he's not the guy that you think he is. And so she has kind of a like, oh, fuck. Now you're making me like rethink my entire paradigm here. Now I have to go get to the bottom of this. Right. So now she she goes to the diner to try and get him and he's still like giving advice to the whole town and she puts him on blast like oh, hard. Yeah. Like she goes and sits down and she says it in kind of a roundabout indirect way, but she's basically like, you're a fucking villain. Right. Like right in front of the congregation. And then um, she tells this little anecdote about how <laughs> Jesse like shot a Komodo dragon in the head. <laughs> It was a really, it was a, a really ridiculous story, but she tells it, and then he kind of tries to defend it, and he's right. like, "They were going to eat it anyway." You're right? They, they were a barbecue they, pit. They, yeah, they were set up a barbecue spit. Um, yeah, it was I just a weird it. story okay. to tell. Yeah. That he like shot a komodo dragon in the head at yeah. point blank range. It wasn't like we were drug running. It was like we were we were like taking these illegal reptiles, yeah. smuggling them. It was so cool. Uh, but yeah, so then she puts them on blast, but then he's like. I've changed and like, you can change too. Like we can be good. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't everybody just want to be good? Uh, and that was a really, a really good moment. And then, uh, we find out that Eugene is outside the diner and he yeah. needs to speak to Jesse because we had a moment earlier in the episode where I guess Eugene left his window unlocked and some wrapped scallions broke into the house and they put like, they spray painted, like finish the job on the inside of his room and put a shotgun in his room, which was like rough. I was yeah. like, damn. And his dad like flipped out on him about it. Right. Um, so Eugene goes to the diner and it's like, Hey Jesse, my dad's like in shit. Like his life sucks and he hates everything. Can you right. help him? So then Jesse's like, I'm going to use my powers cause I'm arrogant as fuck. Yeah. And I don't give a shit about anything. Right. So he takes Eugene to Tracy Loach's house right? and her mom immediately comes outside with a baseball bat and starts like basically trying to kill Eugene, like smashing the truck up. Right. So then Jesse being power mad is just like, Hey, stop. Y'all are friends now. Yeah, like just forgive, forgive him. him. Yeah, and so like then she does. She like hugs Eugene, and Eugene's like confused as fuck. Yeah, Eugene's finally like, "What was that about?" So that was wild. Again, just Jesse just abusing his powers left and fucking right. Oh yeah. So then we had a really really cool moment of so Donnie still hasn't gone back to work, and his wife is like, "Dude, you got to go back to work." Yeah. Like basically, she literally tells him like, "If you don't suck it up and go back to work, like I'm gonna fuck this other dude." Right. Like literally names the dude. Yeah, you know, like Russell from accounting, like I'm gonna fuck his brains out in the bathroom if you don't go back to work. That's like the roughest shit. Yeah, so he goes back to work and pretty much immediately has like a realization. So Odin starts talking to the mayor and like being like, "I'm sorry, I pissed in your briefcase," which we didn't we skipped over last episode. But right, and Donnie's like, "What the fuck? Why is Odin like being nice and like why is he talking about God?" So he asks him. He's like, you went to church? And Odin's like, yeah, Jesse like told me to serve God, and now I do. And then Donnie has the realization like, oh shit, Jesse's like a magic man. He can right. like just trick. Him. And he like freaks out. Yeah. He freaks out. He goes to his wife and like has like a breakdown. Like he's yeah. like sobbing like into her shoulder, yeah. like freaking out about it. Yeah. He has like PTSD. Yeah. And then she says something like, Oh, like Jesse will get what's coming to him or like something like that. Yeah. It was very ominous. Um, but there was a lot of storyline building in this episode. Like a lot of like, like plot development. Mm-hmm. So that's almost everything. Really? Like the only, only other things that happened is pretty much the best stuff that happened in the episode. <laughs> So we get a little bit more with DeBlanc and Fjord, mm-hmm. which are the guys Angels. from heaven. Right. So first they're like trying to talk about how they're going to answer the heaven phone for like 10 minutes. And then when they finally go to answer it, it stops ringing. Which they like, they know is a bad thing. Yeah. They're like, oh shit. So they basically decide like, okay, we can't fuck around with this anymore. So they just go to the diner and like confront Jesse directly. <laughs> yeah. Like they go to the diner and they're just like, hey, you have this thing inside you and we need it. Yeah. And they like put the coffee can down 
And Jesse's like, ha, ha, ha. Last time I checked, like, God didn't fit inside a coffee can. And they're like, uh, that's not God. <laughs> so then, jumping off of that, we go back to uh, Ken Ken Power, and we see him having a meeting with the mayor and the Green Acres guys mm-hmm. that he is basically his competitors that he's been blowing off and, you know, insulting for the whole s- series so far. And he's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to like sign all the papers and whatnot. And then Odin just like pulls out a shotgun and just fucking blasts all of them and just kills all of them. Yeah. And it's just another, we're seeing more that Jesse's power isn't what he thinks it is. Right. You can tell someone to like serve God, but that doesn't make them a good person. Right. They'll serve God in the way that they think is appropriate, which if they're a fucking psychopath like Odin Ken Cannon can just mean killing people and fucking everything up. Yeah. Like being worse than he was. Yep. Yeah. So. so I'm sure we'll see more and more of that as the story goes. And Jesse continues to abuse his power of people like killing each other and killing themselves because it's not a direct holy power. He's right. just commanding them at a base level and they will do whatever in their mind right. makes sense to achieve that goal. Even if they misunderstand him, like right. open up your heart, literally cut your heart out of your chest and give it to your mom. Right. But yeah, all in all, it was a great episode. Fantastic episode. Jack Earl Haley it. killing it again yep. as, uh, as Odin. Yeah. Every, everyone's great. I, I can't wait to see where we go with it. Cause yeah. again, it's, it's, it is very in line with the comics while also being incredibly divergent yeah. at the same time. Oh yeah. Tulip. Uh, also after Jesse told her that, she went and broke in because Cass had mentioned that he wanted opiates. So she broke into a drugstore and stole opiates and goes and gives it to him. And then it shows them having sex in a car. But she's very unenthusiastic about it. Yeah, yeah. She was very obviously just like, well, fuck Jesse then. I'm going to go have sex with Cass even though I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. I, th- I actually thought that that was a cool little uh, like character building as well. Yeah, yeah, That she was like, well, fuck Jesse then. I'm going to do something shitty about it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was a great episode. Fantastic episode. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's, it's, it's honestly like we're only four episodes in and now Game of Thrones is over. So we still have something to look forward to as far as television goes for like at least a few more months. Yeah. Which is awesome. Absolutely. So in science and technology, we talked a while back about Project Aura, which is a Google project that's coming out next year. And it is a modular cell phone. But it turns out that this year, before that happens, Google is planning on releasing a completely different phone. Right. But that they also are doing all of the hardware for. Yeah. So, of course, Google makes phone software. They have, like, the majority of the cell phone market, like, smartphone yeah. operating 80, systems. 80%. Yeah. But they will actually be making an Android phone that's also a Google hardware phone. Right. Which They're is pr- producing cool. their own hardware, which they have never done before. Yeah. Which is super, 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 super cool. And uh, I'm actually really excited to see what they make. But it's, it's just insane to me because it's supposed to come out this year, and that's all of the information there is about right. it. That's it. Literally, like, everything they, that they I have, just told you is everything that they've released. They have six months to release it, but there's no date, no no like hardware statistics, nothing, like no Not even name. a glimpse. Like, yeah. we don't know what it looks like, like what the price plans are going to be. Yeah, no specs, no nothing. But they're pushing it as it's going to be like a direct competitor to the iPhone. Which is wild. Yeah, it's awesome. And like I this is this is nothing but cool news. I really like Google as a company. And uh like I was actually just talking to someone yesterday that I, I absolutely love Google Plus and I wish that like anyone used it in the world. Yeah. Because I don't even use it because there's no one on it. Right. I get on I like if I log in and I do every few months and like three of my friends are on there and they post like once a month. Right. Uh, but I, I like what they make and it's awesome. And so I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see what they do with this, but it is insane to me. 
Yeah. It's like when I read this year, I was like, what? Like, surely, surely Is they mean true? next year. Yeah, sure. that's a bit. Do they mean like non-calendar year? Like they just mean in the next 12 months? But it's weird because, yeah, Aura is coming out next year. So pretty, pretty neat. I just wanted to touch on that because I, I read that today. and I was like, this is that's really, really cool. But that's so crazy to me. But what a time to be alive. So staying in science for just a second, I wanted to touch on a, a new paper that came out about the EM drive. Right. Um, so we've been hearing a lot more and more about the EM drive lately because there's some science camps, particularly uh, these engineers who have claimed to have made one and it works. Right. Uh, who say that it's real. And then, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much everyone else in the scientific community says it can't be real because it violates the fundamental laws of physics. Uh, well, a new paper just came out that's basically saying it doesn't violate the fundamental laws of physics. So the, the whole thing is that the law of conservation of, of motion or conservation of momentum, I'm sorry, yeah. uh, is what's being violated. Well, this new paper is saying that's not the case because it does produce exhaust right. in that it produces light as exhaust. Right. What they're saying is it produces two wavelengths of light as exhaust that cancel each other out like noise canceling headphones. Right. So you can't see it. And that's why we don't see the exhaust when we're using this thing. Yeah. Which is really cool. So if that's the case, again, like this is still not real right 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 this em drive that they've made and used i'm doing air quotes um it produces as much power as like a fly moving Mm -hmm. its wings so it's like zero Mm -hmm. but even just the thought of like if we can just fire microwaves into this cone and like make you know go to mars in like a day right at some point in the future right it's really cool and just to have more papers coming out being like but maybe it is actually real though because it isn't breaking physics we're right. just having break physics. I don't give a shit. Well, yeah, and that's <laughs> that's that was the funny part to me is that I read it. I read the article, and it, at the end, someone was like, "It's basically they said like it's more probable that they're getting a false positive from something else that they haven't verified yet because like to use this in this way that they're postulating that if it doesn't violate the laws of physics, it has to basically rewrite physics as we understand it. Right. But I'm like, guess what? That's happened like a billion times. Already. Yeah, it's like, and that's gonna keep happening. Yeah, you don't think that that's, you think that that's over at this point. You think that we've got like all this shit figured out? No, we're multiple times in the future, probably an innumerable amount of times in human future. We're just gonna go. Oh, everything that we thought about this is wrong. Yeah, which I'm okay with. Yeah, as long that's as it how gets, science works. as long as it gets me a robot body and <laughs> into another solar system, I'm fine with it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So hopefully this is real and it would be really cool. So in video games, it's pretty neat. Uh, as much as uh, we talk about uh, virtual reality a hell of a lot, Oculus and, and their Rift, one, <laughs> one of those two Rifts. They, <laughs> they, so Tripping the Rift, that show from the 90s? Oh, I, I remember oh, that. Oh, uh, got him. But uh, they apparently, I didn't even know about this, but they had released a software patch that prevented people from using their games with non the Rift. Right. With any other device. And so they had actually patched it so that any of their games would actually search for the Rift and verify the Rift uh, was the device it was being played on. Right. Or it would shut down. So apparently a few days ago, they just removed that. Yep. So they're like, you know what? Never mind. Just load it on any device that you would like. So there, this company uh, last year called Revive, they put out a software that actually patched it over to be able to play it on different devices. And so yeah, they're like, all right, we're back, back in business, I guess. Which is pretty cool. I mean, they had some Oculus has been like 
you know, in our in our ears for for years now. Yeah, absolutely. And they had some launch issues when the mm-hmm. when the stuff finally came out. And the Vive came out, and a lot of people prefer it. I would oh, say, really? oh yeah, a lot of people prefer it. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For multiple different reasons, but it also didn't have that. And so I think mm-hmm. that that was it was direct competition that oh, caused Oculus to be like, ooh, edit undo. Right. We got to control Z yeah, this well, shit. And that's why I figured, I, I honestly, I figured that it was like PlayStation is going to have one here in a few months, and there's other ones are popping up, and it's going to be like the fucking next like 3d printers on kickstarter thing where it's just, there's just going to be like all these new goddamn vr things like right. all over the place right. so they were like maybe to stay competitive but yeah i didn't even realize that about about that like i didn't realize that they'd already experienced it yeah i thought that that was just them being a little bit like no it wasn't know. foresight no no no. yeah wow yeah. cool yeah the, the reason why that program is called revive is because it's for the vive oh so you could, play, so you could play oculus rift games on the vive oh okay um i didn't know that yeah that's cool so sticking in video games uh something that i saw on uh, on the internet uh that i thought was pretty funny uh it's kind of shitty but it's also funny is that apparently this little local ford dealership in massachusetts like stole some video game art for a flyer so the game firewatch which came out last year Mm -hmm. um they had a very very popular piece of art which Mm -hmm. was basically the art for the entire ad campaign building up to the game right it was incredibly like emulative of the game Mm -hmm. is like this like sunset scene with like mountains and trees and like different shades of orange and like the watchtower right in the middle right they straight up just scooped that exact picture and like put it on their flyer it's just like some like fucking ford explorers on sale here's this firewatch art (laughs) And so it's not like the the company who made Firewatch, uh, which is Campo Santos, they aren't like flipping out about it. Right. They kind of thought it was like a bit. Right. Like apparently they were just like sit, sending out like funny tweets all day. And like the they said something like, yeah, we had we had a bunch of laughs today about like a shitty like car company's flyer. But it's like not actually it's a non-issue. Right. Like, right. We don't, it's not. actually. Yeah. It's not going to hurt their games fucking yeah. product. But the guy who made it apparently was like, oh, I just went to like wallpapers.free <laughs> and just saw a thing that I liked and I scooped it and it's not I don't know I just slapped some stuff on it and figured that no one would ever see it yeah little did you know yeah he straight up literally I don't know if it's true but yeah he said he just went to like free wallpapers.ru <laughs> and just fucking grabbed a picture and that's what happens going big yeah so I thought that was funny no that is awesome that is awesome it kinda, it kinda, it's kind of a throwback to um, who was it who who put who stole black flag art and put it in their trailer last year do you remember that did they do that you don't remember that no oh man I can't remember what game like it was a now game, a game company did this yeah yeah, yeah. it was like it was like this game released like a trailer and in the trailer there was like a picture framed picture on the wall and it was like concept art from black flag what yeah you don't Damn, remember this no I yeah don't. yeah I, i'll look it up and tell you about it later but it totally happened was this like a triple a title yeah damn yeah they got scooped damn dude that's crazy uh so in movies i wanted to talk about this because it was uh, something that we talked about a while back that was really cool that we weren't talking directly about ant-man but we were talking about black widow and we were talking about you know females in like superhero movies etc and it's really neat that we specifically talked about ant-man and the wasp and now today i got to read this article you'd actually sent me this article and so i really wanted to talk about this that um the the ant-man and the wasp movie the sequel to ant-man that came out last year the sequel is coming out in uh july 6 2018 so quite quite a grip away but uh, an antiquated grip, <laughs> and so it's really cool because the director was talking about like you know what what should we expect, and he fully said that 
the Wasp is going to be just as important as Ant-Man. She's not going to be like a sidekick. She's not going to yeah. be a side character. It is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. It's not just like Ant-Man 2. And also the Wasp is there for a couple of scenes. And right. Apparently he, he literally said like, the movie is as much Hope's movie as it is Scott's movie. Yeah, which is incredible but because it's exactly what we were talking about. I was like, her suit is better than his. She's been using the technology her entire life. She should be a, a huge part of it. Right. If they're going on missions together, she should be just as good, if not better, than he is at it. Right. Which is incredible. And it's awesome. And I'm, I'm so happy about this. And then he also, they didn't directly confirm it, but he said that uh, Michael Pena and crew might be there. Which I'm like, they better be there. Because yeah. they were like... MVPs. Hey. Yeah, and they were an integral part of Ant Man, and I I would actually be like bummed out, and yeah. I, I don't I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be. Like, what are you going to be doing that you can't bop into this Ant Man movie yeah. for like three days? Yeah. So yeah, the other two things that he touched on in the interview was one, maybe Louise, Kurt, and Dave will be back. Yeah. Um, which you, they they better be. Yeah. They yeah, fucking absolutely. better be. Yeah, yeah. What else is Ti doing? <laughs> um, and then uh, he also touched on that we're going to have sort of a new element to the movie in that Scott is essentially now a fugitive yeah. from like the government. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he was arrested by Thunderbolt Ross at the end of civil war and then cap busts them all out. So yeah, his identity know, is known. His identity is known and he's literally on the run from like, for like violating these like world peace accords signed by like the UN. Yeah. Kind of so a big deal. We'll, see, of a big we'll deal. see how that plays. Well, in luckily, He's got a, a crew to have his back. Yeah, he's got some hackers. Yeah. Also, he can shrink. <laughs> and also, he has Captain America at, at all, <laughs> like, right next to him. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't fucking wait. I loved Ant-Man. I really did. I, I, I liked Ant-Man, like, more than almost any of the other Marvel movies. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say it. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it was great. And I'm actually very curious just to see... And that will probably be the first movie where we really see this, but where, what we see like the post-Civil War world is. Yeah, absolutely. Because right before then, we'll get Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. but that's not going to really affect him at all. Right, We're right. going to get Guardians 2, but it's not going to affect him. We're going right. to get Thor 3, but he wasn't he's even gonna there. He's going to be off in space. Yeah, he wasn't even there. He's lost in space with the Hulk just buddying around, probably smoking lots of weed, space <laughs> weed. Um, our space weed is so good that to you, it's it seems like magic. Um <laughs> But yeah, so Ant-Man will be like the first real time that we get to see yeah. the post-Civil War world. Because there was nothing was addressed at the end of Civil War. It was like, it's all bad. Right. Everyone's on the run and split up and Captain and Iron Man hate each other. Right. And that was just the end. Yeah, you're right. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, can't wait. Um, it's going to be fucking bad, I guess. So the last thing we wanted to talk about, and actually kind of topical, just talking about shared universes. Yeah. So Universal is finally getting in the game with their own shared universe that they're starting up. So Disney has Marvel, Warner Brothers has DC, Fox has uh, X-Men, and Paramount's starting their Transformers shared universe, right. which I don't know if people know about that, but they're starting like a Hasbro shared universe which is with wild. like G.I. Joe and Transformers <laughs> and like well, some other toys from the 80s. Um, so Universal, they're like, man, we don't have a thing. Oh, you know what we do have? Monsters. Monster movies. Yeah. Like the old school, like Mummy and like Frankenstein and like Wolfman and Creature from the Black Lagoon. They're actually going to make like a shared universe Avengers style monster series, which is basically just league of extraordinary gentlemen, not as dark probably. Right. 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 <laughs> so we already have the new, the mummy reboot, which right. is in the works right now, which is, uh, Sophia Batella as the mummy. And then Tom Cruise as like the Brendan Fraser character. Really? Yeah. 
I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that mummy when they, when they said that like they were doing the mummy, I thought that they meant like they were doing just like the character. Like I didn't realize that it was that like the scorpion King mummy. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it, well that is the mummy, the scorpion King mummy, the Vernon Fraser mummy was right. like a modern, like reboot of the mummy. Oh, weird. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, I love that movie. Like, so, I love the mummy and I've never realized, I thought that it was just, you know, it's like them taking like, vampires and being like this is a vampire movie i didn't and it's called vampire i didn't realize that like right, it right. was that's crazy the mummy yeah i didn't realize that yeah so this is the new mummy and it is tom cruise is like the main hero he's like a navy seal who's like fighting a mummy <laughs> but then they've already even though so that's not even out yet right. that that movie hasn't even come out mm-hmm. they've already cast fucking jam me up fucking my nipples are erect <laughs> dwayne johnson as the wolfman which is dope that's and, a big ass wolf. Yeah. So that's like taking it from like the Wolfman, like right. a guy wearing like trousers with a hairy face, to like a big ass fucking werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Like he's gonna be like a monster beast. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. So he's already cast. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are theorizing that they're already gonna try and scoop him into the mummy. Oh, that's Maybe dope. not as the Wolfman, but as like just like um, as a character that shows up. Oh yeah, I'm like, I'm like I'm like Bill Hersuit. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and then they've also already cast Russell Crowe making a cameo as Dr. Jekyll. That's awesome. And then apparently in talks, Johnny Depp is in talks to play the invisible man and Angelina Jolie is in talks to be a bride of Frankenstein. Dang. Have they confirmed uh, Frankenstein? I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that they would have to do it. Well, yeah, I didn't know if they'd confirm or if they'd cast someone. No, no. The only confirmed cast is the mummy cast, the rock and then Russell Crowe. Everyone else is just rumors and then Uh, talks. Oh, okay. But like, that's like a whole shitload of like Academy hey, Award winning nomin or Academy Award winning and nominated actors that is just playing like monsters. And then also The Rock. Yeah. But like if this actually like works, it'll be fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like can you imagine just like the Avengers, but just with like the mummy and like Frankenstein's monster yeah. and like Wolfman and like Dr. Jekyll just I like hope tearing so. shit I mean, up. I, I honestly I love League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I I even like the movie. Yeah. I'm not afraid to admit it. It, but this would be like the A-list monster crew, yeah. both in acting ability and like just the monsters that they were trained. Yeah. Because first and foremost, League League of Extraordinary Gentlemen wasn't just monsters. Like it, it had Nemo and stuff. But uh, <laughs> that is true. He was there. He had a submarine. But um, it would. It, it, it's just such a cool idea because these are just all monsters. Everyone except for Tom Cruise. Right. Right. Is, is fully just like. A monster, not right. just like. But the the rumor is that he might be playing sort of like a modern Van Helsing type character, right? Like an ex Navy SEAL who's now like a monster hunter. Okay. Um, or at least he might become that. He might mm-hmm. not be that in the Mummy. Okay. Um, but he might become that. But either way, that's cool. That is really cool. I'm so I'm, I'm 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 interested. I'm okay. they they've got me interested for sure. I mean, honestly, though, I'm one of those, like, you put The Rock in anything, and I'll be like, what's this movie? And I'm like that, in that you put monsters in anything, and I'm yeah, like, I mean, oh, you got a werewolf? Yeah, give me a werewolf, and I'll take it, but, yeah. like, make Dwayne The Rock Johnson a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't get cooler than that. Can you imagine what the people's eyebrow is going to look like when he's just, like, eight foot tall and hurry? Man, yes. it's going to be so good. It's going to be dope. Anyway, yeah, so that was a good episode. Episode 10 of yeah. terminal transmissions completed yeah no more game of thrones until next year yeah so what are we going to talk about preacher but what else are we going to talk about we got to start watching something else yeah, well, mr robot that's old to, now we're gonna have to talk about mr robot too electric boogaloo all right guys y'all have a good one
complete. Program terminated.